Well, thank you so much. It is um, a, a joy to be back here with you. The, I, I have to say this morning, Sunday morning is a great time to drive from New Jersey to Manhattan. I think it was like 20 minutes. But um, I, I'm so grateful for the, the last four months that, that I could be here. Um, well, Pastor Sam is on sabbatical and he's coming back, right? Yep. And um, I, I just want to tell you, I think I've mentioned this before, but um, 15 years ago, I was part of a, a church multiplication alliance that, that, that was praying for an, and implementing new church plants across the whole spectrum of like 19 denominations. And we met together not far from here at Redeemer Church Planning Center and other areas and, and your presence is an answer to prayers we were praying 15 years ago. Amen? So I, I want you to, to celebrate that because sometimes we feel, I, I mean, I feel it in New Jersey, but in the midst of New York City, like we're just small and insignificant, but you're not. You, you are the Lord's presence and the people of God here. And um, so I, I, I thank God for that. As I was thinking about what, what to preach today, since this is my like grand finale here for a while until you invite me back, I, I, I thought I would um, preach from my life, what I call my life verse. I don't know if you have a life verse, but, but I have one probably the past at least 25 years. And it's become my life verse because it's a prayer that I pray often. When, when I grew up, I was never um, oriented to written prayers, right? Some people use the Book of Common Prayer, and I actually use that now, and prayers that others wrote. But, but for me, prayers always had to be spontaneous. And then finally, I realized that the Bible is full of prayers, not just the Lord's Prayer, and not just the Psalms, which is a whole prayer book by itself. But the Bible is full of other prayers that are given to us in the Scriptures. And if we believe 2 Timothy 3.16, that all Scripture is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work, I began to discover that these other prayers of the Bible were helpful for my training in righteousness to grow in my prayer life, where not only does the Lord speak to me through the scriptures, but now the Lord gives me words from the scriptures to speak back to God. Isn't that cool? And so this... This prayer from Ephesians 3 has become the, the, the prayer in my heart. And let, let's just take it off the screen a moment. Take it off the screen for a moment. Yeah, just leave your hat right there for a second. Because I, I want you just to, to listen to it. And then, then we'll put it up and just leave it up for the sermon. But, but the, the Apostle Paul writes, he says... For this reason, I kneel before the Father, 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ will dwell in your hearts by faith. And I pray that as you are rooted and established in love together with all the saints, you will have power to grasp the height and depth and length and breadth of the love of God that surpasses knowledge and be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or imagine through his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and through Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now, now we can put it, put it up. And, and we're going to take some time just to, to think about what Paul is praying for the Ephesians. But what I would like to challenge you to think about is how you can make this prayer a prayer for yourself just adjust a few pronouns, or for someone you know or love, or for your church, or for the Church of New York City or the United States or the world. And Paul begins saying, for this reason, and, and he, he uses that phrase a lot. He used it in the chapter before too. But, but here I believe he's referring back to verse 12 of chapter 3, where he says, in him, meaning Jesus, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? And the writer of Hebrews says, you know, we, we can approach the same thing. And Paul says, for this reason, because we can approach God with freedom and confidence, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. I kneel. When I was growing up, my, um, I, I remember my parents taught me to, to kneel as, as soon as I was able, that I consciously remember, to kneel by my bedside every night to say my prayers. Now, I think my prayer first was like, you know, now I lay me down to sleep kind of thing. But, but, but there was some, there's something about kneeling, isn't there? Now, a number of years ago, I got two knees, so they're like titanium. So if I kneel on your floor here, it really is challenging. But carpet, carpet is okay. But there's something about like getting down, getting down just, just be, before the Lord. And, and, and Paul says, I, I kneel be, before the Father from the whole family whom the whole family derives its name. He recognizes God as our creator, redeemer, sustainer, the, 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 the creator of all things, that every family derives its name. When I was here this summer in July, I had my granddaughter with me, and, and we spent some time at the Museum of Natural History, and they have a little different idea of how we all derived our name. But, but biblically, we, we know that, that we derive our name from the Father who created us and gave us life and gave us life. 
And, and so the, this, this prayer begins and, and, and we just stop. We, we stop before God, right? It's not about me. It's, it, it, it's, it, it's worship. Lord, I kneel before you and I pray that out of your glorious riches, out of your glorious riches, in Ephesians chapter 1, there's, Paul has another prayer. And that's a great prayer too. You, you ever sing, open the eyes of my heart here? So that comes from Ephesians 1. He prayed, Lord, open the eyes of, of their heart that they might see the hope to which you have called them, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, and your incomparably great power to those who believe. And here he's reinforcing that. He says, I, I pray now, Lord, that out of these glorious riches that, that, that you give to your people, that you pour out this inheritance that you don't have to wait to heaven to get. Amen? That, 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 that we get now. That, that there, there is this connection between heaven and earth now and, and the riches of, of, of God are given to us now. I, I, I love the story of, of Jacob's ladder. He had this vision of the angels going up and going down. And, and the going down part is what we often miss in the body of Christ. It's like, it's like God gave him a picture of the resources of heaven coming down right into the midst of his mess. And he was in a mess there. He was in a mess. So living in the reality of this heavenly and earthly connection and the riches of God. We sometimes define grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen? A simple definition, but... But, but it's saying we get these riches of God are available to God's people because Jesus went to the cross to take all of our sin and separation on himself so we can be restored in a relationship with God by faith. I pray that he will strengthen you. The, the, just a minute, now, now I'm getting discombobulated. <laughs> That first, that out of his riches, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Strengthen you with power through his spirit. The word power here is that Greek word dunamis. It's that power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he's praying that we will be strengthened with that power. Power to believe, power to accept Christ, to, for faith to be ignited, power to receive the grace of God. But, but, but listen to what he's praying for, that, that, that power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ will dwell in your heart by faith. Now that's curious, isn't that? Because he's writing this to a gathering like we're gathered here, to people who already have accepted Jesus into their heart by faith. So why is he praying that Christ, through the power of the Spirit, will dwell in your hearts by faith? I do not believe he's praying. He's not praying for their conversion here. They've already come to Christ. But I don't know about you, but do your hearts ever get crowded? Do your hearts ever wander? I wonder if the Apostle Paul, he even, 
here was being prophetic about what the disciple John would write in the book of Revelation about the church in Ephesus. You remember what he writes? Revelation 2.2. To the same church, not so many years later. He says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Now, I, I don't believe we, we fall in and out of grace that, that, that when Jesus calls our name, we belong to him, but we sure do wander. You know, the, the, the one hymn I, I echo and say amen to is, um, Come thou fount of every blessing. In that line, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And I suspect I'm not the only one here who can say, yeah, that's been true for me. And I believe Paul is praying for the Ephesians here because he knew that they too were prone to wander and, and, and to invite Jesus to fill their whole heart. Um, you know, years ago, I was, uh, we, we had a... a a, um, well, the founder of Habitat for Humanity, Millard Fuller, who was like a Baptist preacher from Americus, Georgia, with his southern accent, and he preached at our church, and, and he said, you know, all Christians love to sing, I surrender all. And this was all in that southern Georgia accent, which I can't quite imitate. They love to sing, I all to Jesus, I surrender. He said, but what they really mean is, 10% to Jesus, I surrender. 10% to Jesus, I freely give. And sometimes our hearts are like that, aren't they? I give you 10%, Lord. I give you 10%. There's a wonderful book by InterVarsity Press called My Heart, Christ's Home. And it pictures our heart like a house with many rooms and how sometimes we're like, okay, Jesus... You know, you can have the attic or you can have the storage closet, but don't mess, don't mess with me in my bedroom or don't mess with me in my living room because I, I want to I do what I want to do. And I believe that this prayer is for Jesus to fill my whole heart, for Christ to dwell in my heart by faith, right? The, the, the Christian life is, is a life of, of, of repenting and by faith returning to obedience, isn't it? Of returning more than just the initial entrance. Jesus, come and dwell in my heart by faith because I, 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 I put my faith in you. I, I, I renew it in you. And, and praying this means that, that, that we want it that we acknowledge where we wander and we say, Lord, Lord, I, I want to come home. Faith becomes the, the, the pipeline that that grace gets refilled. Even as we sang this morning, the Holy Spirit, right, fill me and renew me. So many of the songs we sang were prayers for the Lord to do this in our heart. How easy it is to lose sight of the gospel of what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2 here, verse 8, that it's, it's by grace that we've been saved through faith. This is not of ourselves. This, 
is a gift of God. We need to believe it and live it over and over and over again. Sometimes I find what's helpful for me is preaching the gospel to myself, <laughs> of, of, of reminding myself, yes, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If it helps you to look in a mirror, look in the mirror, right? Of, of, of saying, in, in Christ I am a new creation. Christ in me is to live because I can lose sight of that so easily, so easily. That popular Laura Dangle song, you, you Say, that I keep hearing voices in my mind that say I'm not enough, but, but you say, who does God say you are in Christ? This is the, the, the riches of heaven. Not only what others are saying about you or what we're saying uh, about ourselves, what the world is in, encouraging you uh, of, of that, that, that you're not good enough, you're not enough, you're not even enough for Jesus. The gospel says, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary, you're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'm gentle and lowly of heart. Come to me. And we come by faith. We come by faith. So Paul's prayer is that, that out of God's glorious riches, he will strengthen us with power through his Holy Spirit at work so that Jesus will dwell in our hearts. And I'd like to say our whole hearts by faith. And then he goes on. He goes on and he says, I also pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints or the Lord's holy people being rooted and established in love. It is the love of God that draw us to himself. John says we, we can only love because God first loved us. And so now as we are gathered as God's people, rooted and established in love, what a picture. That we together then would have the power to grasp God's love for us. I want to say a word about this rooted and established in love. Because this has been a, a, a challenging year for, for every pastor, every church I know. And, and there have been many congregations that, that have not been rooted and established in love. And they've gone, gone through tremendous controversy and division and, and dissension over, over masks and over politics and over race and over COVID and all the rest. Jesus prayed in John 17 that, that, that we, the people of God, would be one. As he and the Father are one, that we would be one so that the world might know who sent him. When the body of Christ is not rooted and established in love, what the world sees is a mess. And they say, why would I want to be a part of that? 
So it, be, it begins here. It begins in our families. It, 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 I, I, I was with someone the, a couple weeks ago, the, the week after I was here with you last, leading a pastor's retreat in Colorado. His family can't even get together because of all the dissension. We have the resources of heaven through the Holy Spirit because we sure need help. But, but his prayer is that as you are now rooted and established in love, I pray that you would have power. And this is a different word for power. This isn't the dunamis power. This is more like the, 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 the power of our energy, of our strength, that, that you would have the, the, the power the, the ability, the desire. Um, it's, it's similar in chapter 4. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is the power of us making an effort. Amen? That you would have power together with all God's people to grasp the height and the depth and the length and the breadth. Sing about it. Talk about it. Hear God's word for it. Believe it. Believe it. To the, 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 the word grasp, it, it's more than just knowing it in our head. It's like experiencing it in our life, right? You are loved. You are loved. We, we sung here, Lord, 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 be present. And, and in, in Philippians, Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, yeah, the Lord's near. Amen? The Lord is near. And that's true now, too, to grasp this height and depth and length and breadth of God's love. I, I believe that until we deeply understand and experience this, that, that the unconditional love of God, we, we cannot get loving each other right, we cannot get loving ourselves right, and we cannot get loving the world right. And that's why, why Paul wrote in, in, in Romans, right? God demonstrates his love to us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we got good enough, not when we gave good enough, not when we got it all together. I was a pastor for many years and I heard people over and over and over again, well, yeah, I'll, I'll make a commitment to Christ when I get it together. I'm like, you're not gonna get it together. <laughs> You know, Jesus accepts us where we are. And the first step to getting it together is welcoming him into our heart. And, and, and look, look, at, look at the result of this, that you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Boy, who doesn't want that? Amen? Raise your hand if you want that. I want to be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. So, so for this prayer to be answered in our life. It, it takes us to the place where God wants us to be, the place ultimately where we want to be, and the place where we will be of the most benefit to our families, to our places of work and business, and to our community, to the city. To the city. Every believer in New York City filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. That leads to transformation. Amen? To be filled. Yet somehow we seem to leak. 
You know, in some of the most remote places where I've fished, I've found helium balloons that have been deflated. Right? So when people launch these balloons, they, sooner or later they come down. And, and, and sometimes I, I feel as a believer that, that, that I leak. Not that I fall out of salvation or, or don't love the Lord, but, but I, 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 just, I, I just leak. And, and so this being filled, Lord, fill me to all the measure of the fullness of God. Praying this prayer helps, helps me get refilled, stepping away to be with the Lord, worshiping together with God's people, spending time in the scriptures and in, in, in community with, with God's people, in serving others. To be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. How do we, in, in Philippians 2, Paul prays that, that we would have the attitude of Christ Jesus, right? And he says the way to that is if you have encouragement from being united with Christ, comfort of his love, fellowship of the Spirit, tenderness, compassion, make my joy to com be complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. It takes some effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. It takes some, some effort to, to nurture our relationship with the Lord. Now, I don't think I've asked you guys this question, but I've, I've been taking a poll in churches that I'm at with believers. You know the story Jesus told of the parable of the two builders, right? The one built on the rock and the one built on the sand. And when the storm came, the, the house on the rock stood firm and the house on the sand washed away. What was the difference between those two? Huh? Practice. Oh, you got it right. You're the first person who got it right. They both heard God's word. I would say they both went to church. Maybe they both went to Bible study. But we don't just hear it, but we put it into practice. Amen. Hallelujah. To put it into practice. So this practice is not earning our acceptance by God. This practice is nurturing that to be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God, to, to have this mind of Christ, this attitude of Christ in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, in our churches, in our communities. And then, and then he ends with this beautiful doxology, right? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or imagine. Hallelujah, Lord, open up the Red Sea. You know, Jesus, show up in Times Square with all the Statue of Liberty folks and the naked cowboy and everybody else. You know, that, that'll really convert this city. And, 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 and what does that text say? Filled able to do far more abundantly through his power at work within who? Oh, bummer. I, I, you know, wouldn't it be nice if the Lord just like did some of those miracles, like the walls of Jericho came down and the sun stopped and 
But here the Lord says, now I'm pouring the resources of heaven into you. You are my people. You are my body. And although I believe God still does all kinds of miracles, but the Lord also works through his people in all kinds of ways, and that too is miraculous. To do more than we can ask or imagine through his power that is at work within us. To pray for that, as Paul prays here. To receive it and to give God the glory. To him be the glory in the church and through Christ Jesus forever and ever. It's not his power at work within me so I can look so good. So I can get a plaque, so I can get an award, so I can have a write-up. It's so God gets the glory. Amen? Amen. This is a biblical prayer that I encourage you to pray. To pray for yourself, to pray for other individuals you know, to pray for your church, to pray for the Church of New York or the United States or the world. Because God is able. When it looks like nothing is changing to do more than we can ask or imagine through his power at work within us. Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you. For, for this reason, we come to you. For this reason. Because you invite us. You invite us that we can approach you with freedom and confidence. And so, Lord, this is our prayer this morning for ourselves, for the Good News Congregation, dear Lord, for the body of Christ in, in, our, in our city and nation and world. And we thank you, dear Lord, that, 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 that when we by ourselves can't affect change, you are able to do more than we thought could ever happen through your power at work within us. And we give you the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.